This is Trinity Western University's Chapel Podcast, where our daily chapel gatherings are captured and shared for the TWU community. Whatever your day looks like today, we're glad you're tuning in. begin, I'd like to invite us to pray. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Open our hearts to you that we may feel your nearness and realize anew the truth that your kingdom has drawn near, that you are near, that you hold and care for all things, that you are in control and that you love us and are with us always. May you breathe life into our dry bones. And may we notice you now with us, and may we notice you in our days, drawing near to us always. Amen. So as many of you are aware, we're going through the book of Mark and discipleship. And I love the book of Mark, so that's really good. I came in and inherited that. And one of the verses in Mark that I really love is Mark 1, well, it's two verses, 14 and 15. And I think there it is. And it's, now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. What do you think of when you think of kingdom. I want you to take a moment and just notice the first images or feelings or words that come to you when you hear the word kingdom. What does that word kingdom evoke for you? The kingdom of God has come near. I think that is a beautiful phrase. I think it is a beautiful phrase, probably because at first for me, it evokes fairly romanticized images of kingdom, mostly castles in various scenic spots with beautiful vistas and lofty views. And I'm always seeing the kingdom from the outside, like a postcard, distant, unless I really work at it. Or if I read a story about a kingdom, which of course has to have a king or a queen, I rarely think of the person who rules the kingdom or those who live in the kingdom, unless I think of them as being static, kind of part of the paused perfection of the picture-perfect kingdom, whatever that means. I don't know, is there such a thing? And yet these things, the type of king or queen who rules, and the state of those who live under the ruler are the most important things about the kingdom. If the kingdom is ruled over by a tyrant, the kingdom will not be one in which any of us will want to live. The kingdom, the community, takes on the character of the one who rules over it. The kingdom of God has come near. This line, Jesus' proclamation, runs through the beginning of each of the three synoptic gospels, and its theme permeates the beginning of John's gospel. And the word became flesh and made is dwelling among us. Isn't that so beautiful that the word referring to God became human like us? 
the kingdom which seemed distant came near. Answering two questions, who is God? And sometimes more importantly to us, where is God? And both of those shape the kingdom we live in. Who is God and where is God? Who is God? A question implicit in the announcement of a kingdom. Not just a kingdom, but the kingdom. God's kingdom that reflects the character of its ruler. A kingdom God that we see revealed all throughout Hebrew scriptures and then through Jesus. And we sing about these in our worship songs. Who is God? Think of our worship songs and how we so often sing about who God's character, who is God and God's character. And what when we sing about God's character, it calls to our mind a, a feeling, right, of, of who is the God that rules over the kingdom that we're invited to be part of. So here are some of my favorites that speak to who God is, the God who is drawing near in Jesus. These are just some of my favorites. And then I invite you to listen for some of yours. The Lord, the Lord, the gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in chesed, and is this Hebrew word meaning loyal, faithful, covenantal love that never quits. Typically used of the love that the kings expected from the people who served them. And instead we have God offering this love to the people, not demanding it just from. Or with Christmas coming, quite a ways away, I know, but I love Christmas. Wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Who can, like, not love to sing those or hear those in Handel's Messiah, right? And the words of Jesus, I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the alpha and the omega. We sing these, we hear these, we breathe these as we read our Bible, and they remind us of the character of the one who comes near. There are familial images throughout the Bible of who God is for us, and there are kingly images of who God is for us. It is this God we sing about who comes to us as father and mother and brother as our family and calls us into that family. It is this God that we sing to and we pray to and call upon and cry out to and we question and maybe yell at and praise and thank and ask and serve and love. It's this God that we are always wondering how to be in relationship with and we long to. We don't always know how to bridge that distance, especially when it feels so big. And Jesus comes full of grace and truth proclaiming that the kingdom of God has come near. This sovereign, powerful, delivering, covenantal, faithful, loving, gracious, compassionate, merciful, crucified, resurrected God who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or imagine draws near, loves us. It is this kingdom God, the God of this kingdom, loving and sovereign, that draws near in Jesus that draws near to us now. The kingdom of God has drawn near 
And this is how Jesus starts his good news. It's such a contrast, kingdom and nearness. To me, it feels really unexpected. Kingdom to me can feel foreign. I live in a democracy. I've always lived in, an, in a democracy. I'm not very familiar with kings and kingdoms. They feel far away and fictional, like Lord of the Rings um, or the royal family and the tabloids and social media. And sometimes when I sing, God can feel so big that I can't connect. I understand who God is, but then I ask the question, and I worship that God, and I think, wow, what an amazing God. But then I ask the question, where is that God? Where is he when I feel overworked and underslept? I ask, where is God when I was trying to write this? And I'm asking the question, how does God participate with us? How do we participate with God? What does that look like when we can't see God? I ask, where is God? How do, how do we partner with God? How does God partner with us? The kingdom God can be in control, but is he near? Does he hear me? Does he hear us? Am I doing this on my own? I ask these questions and I wonder, where is God? And as Jesus begins his ministry, he proclaims for all to hear, God is near. He is very, very close. The word became flesh, became human, and lived right with us. In Jesus, God draws close in a very embodied way. I love in 1 John, he says, that which our eyes have seen and our hands have handled, like they've actually touched him, and the word, that is, God who created us and who continues to care for us, became human and pitched his tent among us. And that's in John, the, he tabernacled. He like set up his tent. It's skenao, and that's what it means. It's like setting up the tabernacle among the people of Israel. Imagine what it would be like for God to like have a dorm room next to yours or on the way to and from class, there's God's little house, or it's right there in the middle with them. God, living in a tent of his own, set up in the middle of the Israelite campus. This is God joining us. Where do you notice God pitching his tent on this campus? Where have you noticed God pitching his tent in your dorm, in your classrooms? This is God joining us, living with us, moving into the very center of our community, of our lives, always visible. So the cloud of the Lord, it says, when God pitched his tent, the cloud of the Lord, visible presence, was over the tabernacle by day, and fire was in the cloud by night. And that would be so comforting in the darkness of a desert with no hydro. So imagine campus with not a single light burning at night. How lovely to see, like a fire, but a good one, not one that's going to harm you. We go camping on Salt Spring Island with friends each summer, and when I walk from our tent to their tent, I often wonder what it would be like if we set up a tent for God. What if we booked him a campsite? And on the way to my friend's tent, I'd get to walk past God's tent. 
This is God himself as he comes to dwell near us, reminding us of his loving presence with us. This is God embodied. This is God with us in every situation we find ourselves. This is God shining in the darkness. This is God going before us. What would it be like to live our lives in light of this truth? That you are not alone. That God's loving, compassionate presence is with you, is working with you as you write your papers, is studying with you, is suffering with you, is celebrating with you, is living alongside you, living within you by his Holy Spirit, living with you through in your friendships and in that community, working through you, working on your behalf, going ahead of you, camping among us. What would it be like to live, actually live our lives in light of that truth, which I know I so often don't? We can notice this presence with us, and we can behold his glory, like the cloud and the pillar in the desert, full of grace and truth, this beautiful holding together of loving presence with a real understanding of the truth of who God is and who we are. Grace and truth, loving us as we are, knowing us as we are, speaking truth and revealing truth and guiding us in truth and by truth, but never separated from grace, full of grace. The kingdom of this God, of our God, draws near to us. The kingdom of this God, our loving God, draws near to us. God with us, the light that shines in the darkness. The God who did not remain aloof and apart from his people, but came near, heard their cries, hears our cries, and comes in response. And so often I think of response as being what I respond to God. So we even have this, like, people I pray with, like a group of friends that we pray with, we have this thing we want to listen to God and respond to God. And that's, that's how I tend to think of it. But when I see this, suddenly I was struck by how, whoa, this is God listening to us and responding to us. That kind of just did a number on me, kind of flipped it around. Like, what is it like for not just me have to listen to God and respond to God, but God listens to us and responds to, to us? What is, what, what is that like? It's kind of, yeah, kind of is something I think I'm going to have to keep saying to myself because I'll forget. When you hear God is near, what is evoked in you? When you take a moment, and I invite us to take a moment, and notice what images or feelings or words or a song, what comes to you when you hear God is near?
Where do you long to have God draw near to you right now? And I invite you to just let that become your prayer this right now, just like whatever longing rose up in you, that's your prayer. Lord, you hear our longings, you hear our hearts. May you draw near to us in these places, in our lives. I want to show you a couple pictures that stand out for me as I when I often forget that God draws near. And Levi and Riley are gonna help me out and they're gonna hand some out on paper and you can just pass them around. There's only like 12, but it's just so that if you wanna see it, actually like a print of art on paper, you can do that and you can just hand them back. And if you wanna take one home with you, that's okay too. So I'm going to invite us into a little, what I call, a sacred pause. I take these sacred pauses throughout my day because I need them. This is what often comes to me when I think of Jesus longing to draw near to us. And it's when he's standing looking over Jerusalem and he says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets, and you who like reject those I send to you, how I long to gather you to myself, like a hen gathers her chicks. And so I have a couple pictures of hens and chicks. And what I invite you to is to take 30 seconds to intentionally pause and notice what does it feel like to be a little chick gathered to a hen. What is it like to be gathered under those wings, to be held close to the hen, to be protected and cared for and sheltered? As I look at these images, they speak to me and they remind me the kingdom of God has come near, inviting us all to turn toward the one who turns toward us, inviting us to believe the good news God is near, near to shelter, near to protect, near to warm you as you go into your day with whatever it holds. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message has challenged, encouraged, and inspired you as we continue learning and growing together in discipleship to Jesus. Every week, you'll find new chapel messages on our channel from local and international speakers ranging in diverse and engaging topics. So go ahead and subscribe for the latest of what's going on in chapel. Much love and happy listening. <laughs>